0: Hampel and Eric Marshall compiled a book years ago simply titled Children's Letters to God. If you got that book or if you would flip through that book, you would see actual letters written by children, actual children on actual pages uh, of these letters, sentences, and, and different notes that, that children wrote to God. Here are just the, uh, a few of them I want to I read to you today. Um, Allison wrote, Dear God, I read the Bible. What does begat mean? No one will tell me. Here's another one. Larry says, dear God, maybe Cain and Abel would not have killed each other if they had their own rooms. That's what my mom did for me and my brother. Here's another. Dear God, I bet it is very hard to love everyone in the whole world. There are only four people in our family, and I'm having a hard time loving all of them. Dear God, I went to this wedding, and they kissed right in church. Is that okay? Dear God, thank you for the baby brother, but what I prayed for was a puppy. Dear God, I think about you sometimes, even when I'm not praying. In Sunday school, they told us what you do, God. Who does it when you're on vacation? Dear God, I want to be just like my daddy when I get big, but not with so much hair all over. Dear God, my brother told me about being born, but it doesn't sound right. They're just kidding, aren't they? one more dear God I didn't think orange went with purple until I saw the sunset you made on Tuesday there's a, there's an innocence about children and their faith right we uh, that video we just saw uh was the the he gets us ad that ran during the first half of the Super Bowl this year uh, these ads have been broadcast, uh, I think, for over a year now. This campaign has been going on, uh, trying to intrigue people, to, to draw them into thinking more about Jesus, about who he was, who he is, what he does, uh, who he, uh, how, he, uh, how he loves us, how he identifies with us, what it means to follow him. And, and that one said there at the end, it said, Jesus didn't want us to act like adults. And all of you in the crowd that are my age and older are thinking, no problem there. These youngsters never act like adults these days, anyway, right? That's the problem with our society, and, and if that's your thought, I would refer you back to last week's sermon about outrage and being offended. We'll get back so, so that if you're younger than me, you might relate to those words of, of uh, uh, you know, Jesus didn't want us to act like adults, and you're going, oh, good, because adulting is hard, right? And I think we'd all relate to that, really. But I don't really think that's, that's what these folks are saying in these ads, the He Gets Us people aren't promoting immaturity and entitlement and living in your parents' basement till you're 40. That's not where they, instead, this, this sentiment comes from several passages in the Gospels where Jesus spoke up for children and even presented them as examples for the adults to follow. There are several uh, parallel passages in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, uh, telling the virtually the same story from from uh, each of their perspectives, and and uh, so I want us to read just a couple of these uh, from from the Book of Matthew. First, in Matthew chapter eighteen, verses one through five. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, "Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven?" He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, and whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Then in the next chapter, Matthew 19, beginning in verse 13, it says, then people brought little children to Jesus uh, to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. When he placed his hands on them, he went on from there. Like a child, childlike. There's a difference between being childlike and being childish. So I think we need, to, we need to get that out of the way first here There are certainly many adults to, today who don't act like adults They're immature, they're childish uh, They want their own way, they whine and complain They throw tantrums <laughs> uh, that, That's not the picture that we should get when Jesus says That uh, he wants us to become like little children That's that's not what he's talking about In fact, we can see in some of the Apostle Paul's writings That that, that he was frustrated with people in the church uh, Specifically, a couple of examples uh, examples examples here in his his uh letter to uh to the corinthians um the in this church in this 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 city of corinth where um where people weren't progressing in their faith they weren't growing up in their faith uh he wanted them to grow up spiritually and they're they they were not and so that's uh we'll we'll see first corinthians chapter 3 verse 1 it says brothers and sisters i could not address you as people who live by the spirit but as people who are still worldly mere infants in christ I gave you milk, not solid food, for you're not ready for it yet. Indeed, you're still not ready. You're still worldly. Later in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 11, Paul says, Well, when I was a child, I talked like a child, I fought like a child, I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. See, we're we're supposed to grow and mature in our faith. Uh, Jesus wasn't promoting childish behavior. Uh, no, actually, in saying these things, Jesus was combating some of his disciples' childish behavior uh, by using these children as an example of being of being childlike. So, so I don't know if you noticed there the first line of that first passage that we read in Matthew 18, but but uh, uh, you see the disciples there. Now they've been following Jesus for like. Like 17 whole chapters already, right? So it's, it's, a, it's a long time. But, but, and they were expecting very soon that Jesus was going to become king. That he was literally going to get rid of Roman oppression. He was going to take charge. And they had some expectations that they thought God would and should fulfill, especially for them. They also felt like they should get some rewards and recognition for the good things that they had done and the hard things that they had been through as they followed Jesus. So, so they came to Jesus and they asked, who is going to be honored most in his kingdom? Other passages in and around this one indicate that this was actually uh, not the first time or the only time that the disciples were kind of discussing this. That it was actually a popular uh, topic of discussion between them. They they there were times we see that they argued about who uh, among themselves who was the best. They they asked Jesus what rewards they were going to get for being so devoted to him. Uh, uh, James and John even put their mother up to asking Jesus if they could have the highest places of honor in 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 his kingdom. So. It, he here we see that they're asking they come to jesus and they, they've obviously been talking and discuss, well so, okay so who's the greatest who's the greatest and at first jesus didn't even answer the question instead he looked around the crowd and he called for a child to come forward now i don't know i know we've got kids here today can you come up here for a second can you just come up so it's almost as if Jesus. So they asked. They, the disciples came to Jesus and they said, "Who's the greatest?" And Jesus didn't answer. And instead, he looked around the crowd and he did just like we just did here. And I and he said, "Come on up here." And the disciples are looking and they're waiting for Jesus to answer. And Jesus, <laughs> we didn't even work this out ahead of time. It's good. Okay, you can stop. I don't want you to get dizzy and fall. So the disciples are still wondering, bewildered, kind of like some of your, you were looking just a minute ago. Um, and so maybe they nudged Peter. He was always the one to speak up and, and speak out. And, and I don't know if this is true, but I'm guessing that they might have a bet going somewhere on the side, right? And they were like, Jesus, settle this bet for us. Who's, who's the greatest in the kingdom? I know you're, you're, you got this little kid up here and all that stuff, but, but who's greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus, again, motions to this child. And finally, he says, "Unless you change and become like a child, I know you're not you're a you're a preteen. You're not a child, right? That's okay. Good. All right. Uh, Then you won't even be in the kingdom of God." He said, "Forget about being the greatest. This is the example that you need to follow." Okay, you can go sit down. Let's give a big thank you, sir. So it was true. The disciples had been through so much with Jesus. They had literally given up everything to follow him. They had seen him do great things. They'd also endured a lot in the process. And, and so they figured they'd earned some. I don't know some status along the way right but Jesus Jesus didn't uh, when they asked him who's the greatest didn't Jesus didn't pull out a spreadsheet and start uh, listing and checking all the accomplishments that each one of them at okay there's 12 and and uh, he did this and he's done this and and he's done he didn't tally up who was on the top instead he said he told them they would have to change they would have to change. In, in John chapter 3, Jesus had quite a long personal conversation with a guy named Nicodemus, and he covered some of these same things as well. Nicodemus was a, a high-ranking a, a, a Pharisee, leader of the church, and he came to Jesus kind of in secret at night because he didn't want his, his uh, cronies in the church to really know that he was there. And, and he came and talked to Jesus. And Jesus talked to him. Uh, uh, virtually all of John chapter 3 is that conversation that Jesus had with Nicodemus. And, and, and he told Nicodemus that night, he said, uh, in order to enter the kingdom of God, you have to be born again. And Nicodemus didn't understand the biology of all of that. And he thought, how in the world is that going to happen? And Jesus said, no, it's not biological, it's spiritual. It's a spiritual experience. It's all about starting over. It's about changing. It's about becoming completely different, becoming a child of God instead of a person of the world. And so here in Matthew, Jesus is on the same type of theme, and he tells his disciples that they are going to have to change and become childlike if they ever want to experience the kingdom of heaven. So what does it mean to be childlike? We have a lot we could, uh, uh, we could dive into here. Just a few things, and I'm sure this isn't a, a, a full list, but one thing that I think we need to know about children is that, uh, and if we're going to be childlike, we need to be dependent. Tax day was a couple of weeks ago. If you have kids living in your home those little dependents running around your house are very much appreciated this time of year, right? The, the, the term is significant. They are dependent on you. They, they, they need you to supply for them. They're not on their own, taking care of themselves, self-sufficient I, I think about a, a, an infant literally when children are born they have to rely on uh, someone else for literally everything right uh, in order to survive and to thrive they are dependent on those around them to take care of them uh, this child that that uh, Jesus called I don't know what what age uh, this this child was but obviously still was depending on his or her parents for food and clothing and shelter and transportation and safety and instruction and guidance this this was this was a child that was dependent. Jesus says we need to become like children, and so we have to ask ourselves, am I truly depending on God? Am, am I relying on him in everything? My, my success in life, my status, my finances, my health, my spiritual well-being, it, it's not up to me. God wants us to depend on him. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all of your cares on him because he cares for you don't resist God's hand in your life we we need to embrace it he will take care of us I mean we want that we want God to take care of us but we oh, we usually want to control how he takes care of us and when he takes care of us and and what that looks like and if he doesn't do it the way we had pictured then we get a little err uh, about it all right true dependence means humility Lowering yourself, uh, the, that passage talks about taking the low position of a child. Other translations say, whoever humbles themselves and becomes like children. You can't be dependent and self-sufficient at the same time. Being childlike means that we're dependent on God. And I, I love the way that Peter uses this metaphor in, in, in 1 Peter chapter 2, um, he says, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. So dependence, I don't know, to me it, it almost seems passive that I am, I am just back here waiting for someone to take care of me. But that's not the picture that, that Peter paints in 1 Peter 2. This is a, a, an active craving for God to do what only he can do in my life. Uh, Just like a baby craves nutrition from its mother and and roots and cries and and seeks it out We should be seeking out God and the good things that he has for us Because we know that that's where (laughs) where real life lies We have to be dependent on him And so that dependence then I think leads to another thing that that, that it means to be childlike And that that we have to be trusting Children are typically less skeptical uh, the younger they are I mean I don't know if you've I, I remember as a child I remember our kids as children They'd see that commercial on TV For that whiz bang new toy And uh, I'd watch it and go Well that's a piece of junk And they'd watch it and go That is the best thing in the world I'm gonna I need to And they, they, they just believe it right They just trust that it's gonna be what they say They, they trust what people tell them Unfortunately, people can take advantage of them because of that. It doesn't take too many times, though, to be be lied to or or let down for kids to phase out of that. But typically, uh, kids are characterized by a simple trust early on. As we depend on God, we have to trust that he can and will take care of us. Do you know in your heart that he loves you and wants what is best for you? I mean, that makes all the difference because no matter what is going on uh, out here, if I trust that God is in control and that he has my best interest at heart, then I can rest and relax and, and, and walk through those hard things knowing that I'm building my life on that foundation that, that I'm trusting God to provide. I mean, you, you won't always understand. I, I, I mean, as a kid, I, I never knew how it all worked. I didn't know anything about salaries or health insurance or grocery bills or utility payments. I, I, didn't, I just knew that, that I could trust my parents to provide what I needed, and they did. I, I know that some, uh, some of you maybe uh, didn't have the privilege of the stability that I had growing up. It's more difficult maybe to, uh, to trust in a heavenly father to provide because your earthly parents were less than reliable I, I i get that i understand it's it's more difficult but no matter what our past experiences jesus says we have to change and become like little children and part of that means trusting him completely we're dependent we're trusting another thing that i think uh, it means to be childlike is that we're full of joy and wonder Kids usually find a way to enjoy life. They're curious and, and, and amazed and, and always open to, uh, to learning new things. Adults tend to be kind of serious. Maybe present company excluded, right? You guys are a pretty fun group. Old guy by the name of G.K. Chesterton once said, I think God is the only child left in the universe, and all the rest of us have grown old and cynical. Uh, there's, a, there's a guy... Uh, by the name of Tony Campolo who did a lot of work in youth ministry and, and uh, uh, things back in, in uh, uh, 10, 20 years ago. Um, he described this childlike joy this way. You see the, the quote up there behind me. It says, "When you bounce a child on your knee or toss him in the air, he says, "Do it again." He'll say it a hundred times and and keep saying it. And that's how God created the daisies, Campolo said. He created one and in his childlike heart he, he said, do it again. And 509 billion trillion daisies later he's still saying, do it again. Joy, wonder, curiosity. I think that's inherent in what it means to be childlike. And God wants us to change from our cynical, skeptical, critical ways and be filled with that awe and wonder and joy. That's part of what it means to be childlike. I think another thing is that children are typically loving and accepting they, see a picture there taken from that video toward the end of that, uh, uh, or, uh, yeah, the, the end of that video we showed at the beginning of the, the message today, where these two kids, obviously different ethnicities, uh, come running to and embracing each other. Uh, kids tend to be much more loving and accepting than adults. They don't seem to see nearly as many differences. Uh, as we get older, I, I think our insecurities cause us to, to lash out at others' differences. I mean, middle school is brutal. I'll just, just say that right now. Unfortunately, we, we grow out of that love and acceptance that comes naturally as children. Jesus says we need to change and to become like little children. I have one brother, he's a couple years older than me, and for several years when we were young, I mean like real young, my parents uh, were, were foster parents and they, they took in uh, foster children. To my recollection, we we always there was always uh, it was always boys yeah and you just wanted I don't remember anything more than one at a time, Uh, but always a boy always younger than us kind of cool to be the older brother for a little while I remember more than one who just seemed to cry all the time and I was pretty annoyed but ticked off by all that, but we had we had one that was that was pretty long term I'll call him Timmy. Uh, Today that wasn't his real name But he was with us I mean it was at least a couple three years That he was with us And to this day I, I still have no idea what the issues uh, were That had come about in Timmy's life In order to place him into our home For that extended period of time I knew, that, I knew that he was different from us I knew that for sure His skin was certainly darker He had awesome puffy afro hair That was completely different from mine Running around at the pool in the summer, I was fascinated that he had an outie belly button. And I did not, and I didn't know what in the world that was all about. Different, very different. I recognized all of those differences and many more. I saw them. <laughs> I just didn't care, right? They made no difference uh, to how I was going to treat Timmy We laughed and we pray, played and we ran And we had all sorts of fun and, and he became our little brother for those short years And we were sad to see him go When he went back with his biological mother I wish I could say That I have always been that loving and accepting of others I have not Did I mention middle school is brutal? Right? Right? Not just middle school. I, it, it seems so easy to call attention to differences, right? Whether based on race or religion or politics, uh, politics or, or, or socioeconomic status or, or, or whatever lines we want to draw. <laughs> Jesus says we have to change and become like little children. Children's innocence makes them capable of demonstrating compassion and love and kindness and acceptance and forgiveness. Uh, Sure, they, they, they argue or complain or want their own way. I mean, they're childish for sure. But until they learn to be cynical and skeptical and bigoted by cynical and skeptical and bigoted adults, they're usually very loving and accepting When we encounter differences with people in our lives, when conflict arises, most of us choose one of two directions, I think. Some of us try to avoid conflict at all costs. We, we keep our opinions to ourselves, we stay silent when it, it comes to our convictions so there's no politics and no religion and, and let's not talk about anything controversial and, and let's just pretend that the differences aren't there and, and we're not going to bring up something that someone might disagree with and, and very often that's considered very mature, right? We're just going to just ignore that. It's part of being an adult and it's very mature. Another direction we might go is to act childishly and, and we get angry or, or, or uh, we, we post a, a snarky post on social media or, or we, uh, uh, we call attention to uh, the, the, the differences and we treat people with, uh, with, with contempt or, or we just break a relationship if they disagree with us. And, and uh, uh, I mean, we, we uh, participate in this, this culture around us as we talked about last week of outrage and conflict and, and it tends to bring out the worst in us. Jesus didn't choose either one of those things, though, did he? He chose a third path. He was very vocal about what he believed. He didn't just ignore it. He spoke truth to power. He defended the poor and the marginalized. He, he represented his, uh, he, his identity to others consistently. He let them know who he was and what he was all about. But he also approached everyone with unending grace and unconditional love and an irrational capacity for compassion and generosity and forgiveness. Much like we might see in a child. Jesus says, unless you change and become like little children, you won't even enter the kingdom of God. You might recognize the name uh, uh, Yo-Yo Ma, uh, a very famous cellist. Uh, he, he said once, when people ask me how they should approach performance, I always tell them that the professional musician should aspire to the state of the beginner. In order to become a professional, he says, you need to go through years of training. You get criticized by all your teachers and you worry about all the critics. You're you're, you're constantly being judged. But if you get on stage and all you can think about is what the critics are going to say, if all you're doing is worrying, then you'll play terribly. You'll be tight and it will be a bad concert. Instead, he said, one needs to constantly remind oneself to play with the abandon of the child who is just learning the cello. Become like little children. It's interesting, over and over in Scripture, people who follow Jesus, who, who come to God, are referred to as his children. So, whatever age you might find yourself today, you could identify with the fact that if you have come to God, uh, he is your father and you are his child. We're referred to as his children. We're, we're adopted into the family of God. Scripture uses these metaphors and this terminology to help us understand what happens when we, when we follow Jesus. It takes humility and trust and we depend on God completely and, and it all rests in the, uh, the heavenly father, our heavenly father's love. For us, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is in the little book of 1 John, not John the Gospel John, but, but there's 1st, 2nd, 3rd John almost at the very end. 1 John chapter 3 verse 1 says this: "See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God." <laughs> and that is what we are. God's love, his lavish, over-the-top, undeserved love makes it possible for us to do what Jesus told his disciples to do that day. It wasn't this harsh, you guys better change. It was, here's a, here's a child, change and become like little children. How do I do that? Well, the father <laughs> has lavished his love on you. He is inviting you to be his children, his sons and daughters adopted into the family of God. And I'm not just going to call you, that is what you are, children of God. So I guess today we have to ask ourselves a couple of questions. Am I acting like a child of God? Am I childlike in some of these things that, uh, that, uh, that I've brought out today? But maybe even more than that, it's not just, am I acting like a child of God? Am I a child of God? Have I come to him in trust and dependence, uh, relying on him, asking uh, for his forgiveness and, and uh, 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 taking him up on his offer of inviting me into the family? That's, that's where we're at today. Dis- disciples were kind of off base and they came to Jesus and they said, you know, we're pretty awesome. Which one's the most Awesome. And Jesus said, that's not what it's about. Unless you change and become like little children, you won't even enter the kingdom of God. Father God, we thank you for the invitation that that it is possible for us to change. Lord, even in these moments, uh, maybe one or more of these uh, characteristics of children has uh, struck a chord with us, Lord. I pray that you would help us to respond. As your spirit is speaking, I pray that you'll help us to depend on you completely, that we will humble ourselves, that it's not about us, but it's all about you, that we'll be filled with awe and joy and wonder. Lord, I I pray that, that, that you would help us to be loving and accepting, even of those who are different from us. And lord there's so many other things that uh, ways that we can be childlike most of all, we just want to be your children we want to uh, to uh, uh, recognize that you are our father and and we are following you and we desire to live life in the family of God and so we give ourselves to you today and we celebrate if if we are indeed in the family, we celebrate you and what you have done for us and your love for us and and Lord, if there are things that that we need to work out in our relationship with you, Lord, I pray that we can we can pray about those, that each of us would pray about those things even right now and make sure that all is well as we're living like little children, children of God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.